0: Welcome to That Creator Life, a show where we discuss the process, the struggles and the wins of content creation. My name is Zach. I'm a YouTuber and content strategist helping you start your journey. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Today we have a special guest, Mike from Project Elon. Mike, what's up? Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so
1: I'm Mike. Uh, I started a YouTube channel back in 2016. And we basically teach about personal development, how to become a better person, how to live a better life, how to live a healthier life, a wealthier life, and basically just have a a bigger impact uh, on the world around us. And I'm building out that YouTube channel. And I went to a content creators event a few days ago, and I met Zach, and here we are at our first podcast. It was a pleasure,
0: right? Uh, So your YouTube channel is sitting at like more than eight hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, that's a big number right so can you tell us a bit about how did you start and uh, what was your youtube journey to get there
1: yeah so it started actually so i I teach about motivation but it actually started when i was very 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 unmotivated so my whole life up until i would say 2021 i was very unmotivated i was lazy i didn't really know what i wanted to do with my life and then i went I was working in a supermarket for 2 years and I was basically just stacking shelves on a super, in the supermarket and that's what I was doing for 2 years and then it got to a point where I was just fed up the the supermarket it was going through a lot of problems internally its stock market had crashed and Basically, the managers were asking us to work faster and threatened wow. to fire us. Yeah, that, that was in England, by the way. Right? That was in the UK. yeah. Okay. And it got to a point where they were putting so much pressure on all of us that I was like, OK, I'm going to leave. Wow. And I saved up enough money to go backpacking around Southeast Asia. So I quit. And that same week I was on a flight to Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, and I went backpacking for about six months but when I was in Singapore that's when everything kind of really changed where I met some phenomenally successful people some you know business people musicians uh, scientists really pilots some really interesting people and really successful people you know some of them had Lamborghinis some of them had Ferraris and it was talking to these people and really networking with these people that made me realize that I've been, average my whole life, because I thought that that's all I could become. Yeah. But actually talking to these people and realizing that these are just norm- normal people like me, it's just that they've set their sights so much higher than me, and they're working a lot harder than me, and they're more ambitious than me. So that's really where it all started. So then I went back to the UK. I, I, I had so much motivation, so much motivation, so much inspiration. And I, started, I wanted to funnel that motivation into somewhere, whether it would be a career or whether it be like a job or a a university degree, whatever, I needed to channel that motivation somewhere to achieve something tangible. And so I I went back to the UK and I started university and I, 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 at at this point, I still had so much motivation and that's when I created my YouTube channel product Mm -hmm. Elon. This was in 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, I created my first, YouTube video it was a three-minute video I'd never done video editing before but I wanted to kind of share the motivation that I had with other people and so it took me about three weeks just to make a three-minute video because I would never edited before and then I uploaded it and of course it didn't get any views because that's normally what happens when you upload a YouTube video nothing happens Um, and it took about six months of really just posting every week until it started to gather traction And from there, like once you first get your first kind of once the algorithm picks up one video, Mm -hmm. then it's a lot easier. And then it's kind of just snowballed
0: from there. But that
1: was really the origins of what started the Product Zealand YouTube channel.
0: So uh, that's the journey for a lot of YouTubers, right? The struggle to get to to at least 1000 subscribers and Mm -hmm. then from there go to the higher levels. Um, Can you give us a little bit of like uh, a rundown of what kind of things you did to to get to that, like 1000 subscribers, the first 1000. So firstly, I
1: didn't just make a YouTube channel for fun in that i was very strategic in what youtube channel i made i mean you can make a youtube channel on like photography for example but it's such a saturated market that it's going to be an uphill battle the whole way like what you really need if you want to go into photography you would find a niche in photography i mean like guys like peter mckinnon and these guys they've really got the kind of generic photography niche covered Mm So you're competing against these if you just make a generic photography YouTube channel. So what I did was I saw other YouTube channels. I saw where there was a gap in the market. So I saw another YouTube channel that had grown from zero to 60,000 subscribers in about six months or something, which at the time, like that blew my mind. How can a YouTube channel grow that fast? And I was like, I bet I can make YouTube videos like that. So from the very beginning, it was still very strategic in that and that's why my channel got picked up after just six months or so, which is relatively fast. I mean, yeah. you can be making YouTube channel YouTube videos for years and years and still not get picked up by the algorithm. Absolutely. So you've really got to be smart about what topics you uh, what topics you you talk about.
0: Yeah, I, I could totally like relate to that. For me, it was a bit different story because my first video, like I said before. <laughs> Was almost like twenty five yeah, thousand views in three yeah. weeks or even less, and and yeah. that was
1: immediately like
0: immediately as That soon was as my loaded. first video on YouTube. Wow. Twenty five thousand views in three weeks, and that was like wow, it's crazy. Like what's going on? Yeah, but but then, uh, when when I think about it, when I look at the, you know uh, what I did was, the video was like top five reasons to hackintosh. So it was like very straightforward. It was well edited. Uh, it was scripted as well. So when i look at it it's it's, i did some of the right things that you should do when you start a youtube channel without knowing about it Mm. but after that video it was really kind of hard for me to to find the the sweet spot of making videos right like what kind of video i should make yeah because that can also be detrimental like having the first success or the first kind of like thing go where where it should not go because everybody told me you're not going to get any views you have to wait for like six months or one year but yeah. my first one wow, wow so what's happening here and that also kind of put me off balance in a way because i didn't expect it so i mm. didn't know how to deal with it mm. and uh, yeah so for somebody starting now what would you kind of n- not in terms of an advice but what would you kind of tell them to expect when they start like because we have different stories different like things happen to different yeah. people but yeah so
1: like making your first video and then it blowing up almost straight away is almost unheard of. Not mm. unheard of, but almost. Yeah. Um, really, YouTube can be a very hard slog and it's very kind of demotivating when you're putting so much effort into these YouTube videos that you keep posting every week or twice a week. And they're getting like two views or yeah. ten views. And so, firstly, you've obviously, you've got to be passionate about what you talk about. Number one, because if you don't, then... Like, it took me six months. And if I wasn't passionate about what I was talking about, then I would not have lasted that six months of no views. Like, Absolutely. I would have given up. The second thing is... You've really just got to... Just push through it, I guess. Um, you know, you've got to not be putting out so many videos that you burn out before your, before your videos get traction, right? It's a lot easier to maintain that motivation. Once you are starting to earn money, right? Or once you're starting to get like hundreds or even thousands of views, then it's easier when, when, when you know that people are watching them, Mm -hmm. it kind of gives your work validation. But before you get that validation, it is really important that, uh, you love what you're doing. And also, you don't burn yourself out. Like you shouldn't be making like six, seven videos a week week at the beginning if you're not getting anything back. Because that might that might work for a week, two weeks, a month, but eventually you're probably going to burn out. So you've really got to understand that YouTube is a long game. Like it's not just a a get rich. It's a long, long marathon, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, I mean, like uh, one of the questions that people ask, especially when they start, like, is what's the sweet spot? To um, to actually start to change my strategy about you know the thumbnails the titles mm. and um, you know I- even changing my video styles when I'm not getting that that kind of like feedback like you said from the views what what would you say to those kind of like questions where um, you don't know okay so you said first that you have to make a lot of videos to keep the momentum going for at least six months to even see some kind of feedback from the audience. Or from the algorithm but uh, i i feel that also there is there's, there's a question to be asked about what's the moment you realize that you should spend more time or less time on youtube like what's what's that turning point and okay especially from your your own journey and what happened to yeah you. so for me so it seems to be
1: when you're making videos and you're not getting any views mm-hmm. the algorithm is not uh, picking your videos up it seems to be about thirty-three videos. If you if you've posted thirty-three videos of the same type mm. and they're still not getting picked up, then you need to make a massive change, change. in so what you're doing. Not change. just a, not just a small change, yeah. but a big change. Because if you make small changes, you're gonna get make you're gonna make small results, right? Yeah. But you need to make drastic changes if you if you've not got any views or the algorithm is not picking your videos up after 33 videos you really need to change make a big pivot And i think
0: doing. that that's a very reasonable and good benchmark yeah. right like 33 videos yeah. nothing is happening Let's move on to something, not something else in terms of a new YouTube channel, but just like maybe change the niche or talk about some other stuff. Exactly, because it's important not to kind of give up too soon and then Mm -hmm. try
1: different topics and then you're kind of switching topics all the time. Obviously, that's not not a good strategy. But at the same time, you don't want to be uh, making the same videos for a year, yeah, and then the algorithm isn 't doing anything, and it's a mistake that i've made uh, two or three years ago. I was making the same videos for maybe three or four years, and that was fine i mean The, the problem was is that I got too comfortable, and you know it was it was the channel was generating decent revenue that I could live on. Mm-hmm. It was like well what's the reason Like, i don 't need to change right i'm yeah. making enough and I got far too comfortable um, and then when I did make a big, big change then my revenue just exponentially increased. So even like as you grow your channel, at that point I had about 600,000 subscribers. So making a pivot at that point was was quite risky because Mm -hmm. it was making decent money and I could have lost that. But I made that pivot, I took that risk. Mm -hmm. And like I say, revenue, it was the best, maybe the best des- business decision that I've made with the YouTube channel
0: it was like an entrepreneurial like kind of risk that you have to take absolutely okay. yeah I,
1: because at the end of the day like YouTube isn't YouTube shouldn't be looked as in my opinion just as a as a, as a channel right yeah as a you hobby, should really you know? be looking at it from a business perspective because that's what it is and that's what you should really be aiming for yeah really the the, aim, the end goal for a lot of us me particularly is that I don't want my business to just be youtube i should have products and services around youtube and youtube is just a marketing tool that funnels it's one the of customers. the platforms for you exactly business. It's, it's one of the platforms just like facebook just like yeah. instagram I, I i don't want to just rely on ad revenue that's a very dangerous
0: business strategy absolutely because if you put your uh, all your eggs in one basket like when things happen and go exactly. sideways it's all gone right
1: and at the end of the day we don't own our youtube channels youtube yeah. owns our youtube channels. they can do what they want with it and there's nothing that we can do about it Absolutely. so you know it's good to diversify onto other platforms and have uh, different income streams
0: okay i, I, I want to dive in deeper with you with the uh, the content the, the content creation and also the process of creating content so c- can you tell us a bit about your uh, what does a day of content creation look like for you Okay, so I batch create, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, creating <clears throat> a lot of content in one or two days and then releasing it, you know, steadily. Right?
1: Yes. Um, but I should also mention that I have two YouTube channels. So um. I've got the product Elon on YouTube channel, which is the the biggest channel. And I have a second YouTube channel. So the product Elon on YouTube channel is one video a week. And the second YouTube channel is two YouTube channels, no, two YouTube videos okay. and seven TikTok videos. So that's wow. quite a lot of content going yeah, on to the second absolutely. channel. Um, and basically I have scriptwriters. Uh, so the idea here is really to make the workflow as efficient as possible, right? And what I'm working on is working on the business rather than in the business, yeah. right? So I'm, I've invested quite a lot on building up a team and so for the Product Elon channel, I don't have script writers, I'm doing all the talking, I write the script. So for a Product Elon video, I would write the script. It takes maybe four hours. I would highlight where I want the B-roll, mm-hmm. so the editors can see where I want the B-roll, and also the videographer can see. So if I have, if I talk about studying, then the videographer knows that we need to film some B-roll about studying, right? Okay. So once the script is done, I film on Mondays. So then the videographer, I film in my apartment, so the videographer would come to my apartment and would film the video on Monday and would film all the other videos as well. Like uh we spend like 5 hours filming videos and then we film the B-roll and then take the thumbnails all on the same day.
0: All on the same day. Yeah.
1: Well. And then the video the videographer he takes the SD card. He brings it to the video editing team and the video editors because we've got the scripts where it, te- it shows them where all the b-roll should be okay um they know
0: what to do with what it what to do and where to put it right
1: yeah and then i've got a notion kind of database that is kind of i, I see it almost like a, a factory kind of like a, a system in a factory mm-hmm. where you're making a product so the first stage is the writing stage no the first stage is the 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 idea yeah right then it is this once you've got the, the title then you've got the then you write the script then you film it then you take the thumbnail and the b-roll, then you give it to the editors, and then we and then we upload it. So once the video is done, we upload it, and then it goes out. So it's kind of like okay. a six-step process. Six-step process, yeah. right?
0: It's like the the Kanban idea, right? Or uh, of creating the process for your video creation. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like the I yeah. Like I say, it's just like a almost like a factory yeah. process. um And and like I say, I'm trying to i'm trying to i'm working on the business i want to have kind of free my mind kind of free my mental capacity be to capacity to be working on business strategy so i don't want to be doing the like the video editing for yeah example. all the stuff All the same time. exactly i want to take my take myself out of that process as much as i can so like i say the product elon channel it's got 850,000 subscribers, but I literally spend one day a week mm-hmm. on that channel. And then the other six days a week, I focus a business strategy, the direction of the business okay. and growing it.
0: So so that, that's your state now, right? Yeah. What was it like when you when you were uh, at the beginning stage? Because so, I, I, yeah. I believe most of the listeners <laughs> will be like beginners. Yeah. So uh, what was your process like back then? Yeah. So <laughs> when I was a one man band, it yeah. was very, very
1: different. Mm-hmm. Um, so i would i would it's kind of similar kind of the same process, but I would do everything yeah right and so i would make i would write come up with the idea, write the script, film it myself, edit it myself, then upload it, so everything would be me and it would take a long time like yeah. one one video maybe two or three days maybe yeah um and burnout is a real thing yeah, like Absolutely. I, tell me about it imagine making the same videos every every week for five years yeah. like it can really kind of burn you out so it's important not to be uplo- like kind of not stretching yourself too much because like i say long uh youtube is a, a long a long-term game yeah uh, but the single most or the single best thing that i did that i should have done sooner mm-hmm. is hired my first video editor okay. without a shadow of a doubt like that freed up so much time especially if you're in uh, vietnam where you can hire a, a video editor full-time relative to western salaries Standard, yeah. for very cheap yeah but even if you're not in vietnam you can get video editors on fiverr or upwork yeah, still for like very online, cheap right. so there's no real excuse to me that was the like that was such a massive turning point and i was watching a a video no a podcast from the managers of the mr beast channel mm-hmm. and they said a similar thing they said the first thing that you and evan carmichael as well i don't know whether you know evan carmichael his uh, youtube channel yeah of
0: course yeah yeah he's a uh, motivational content, yeah. yeah friends with gary vane top five things that bill Gates does. exactly and yeah.
1: Like yeah and he he says exactly the same like a lot of people a lot of kind of Big YouTubers are saying this. The, the first thing you need to do is delegate out your video editing mm-hmm. so it will free you up more time to focus on what really matters because anyone really can do video editing. Yeah. But secondly, delegate your thumbnails out as well. Now, it's very difficult to. Thumbnails, you don't just need a graphic designer, but it, there's also a psychological element yeah. to it as well. Like, you need to know what gets clicks. And you might be the best graphic designer in the world. Yeah. But if you don't know the psychological thinking behind what makes someone click on a thumbnail, then you can't make very good thumbnails. But you need to really uh, delegate that out as well. If you can delegate those two things out, it will free up so much time.
0: Okay. I, I mean, that's uh, really helpful advice for anybody starting. Because once you start to delegate, you you get back so much time to make you think about the business side of it. To also think about the strategy the the actual idea of the 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 content right um what i want to dive in now is the tools and the stuff that you use to make your videos i mean now maybe you're not making your videos all of them by yourself right so what kind of tools and like services in terms of apps or programs that you kind of rely on
1: yeah so a lot of the to- <clears throat> a lot of the tools that i use now are still the same tools that all the tools that my team use are still mm. the same tools that I used to use back when I was a one-man band. Okay. Um, I think Notion is incredible. Well, yeah. I, I I started off using Excel, Microsoft Excel, and I was using that for four years, maybe wow. five years, and I would just have like every video and then kind of mark it as like writing. You know, like it's a six stage six mm-hmm. six stage process. So I would write every video like writing stage, filming stage, like optimizing stage, uploaded. But I moved to Notion and in my opinion, like Notion is incredible. Yeah,
0: I can I can I can talk about it all day, so yeah. don't get me started. Yeah, and it's funny it's because really I was I'm relatively new to Notion.
1: I, yeah. I I downloaded Notion, I started using Notion for the first time maybe a year ago. And that was mainly just because Notion reached out to me really? and they, they were uh, offering to sponsor a video. So I was like, OK, awesome. now is my chance to start using Notion because yeah. I can see all these other kind of productivity gurus yeah. using it. Um, but it really is a phenomenal bit of software. I mean, I mean
0: for, for me personally, like I've been using a lot of like productivity apps and, and uh, time management apps like Trello. Uh, to-do list uh wonderless uh google task yeah and notion was just like hey we have one solution for all of this it's yeah like all in one you have you can create your own templates you can you know manage everything here it's very powerful like some of the tools are really way advanced to what i actually need yeah so i can swear by notion if yeah. you listen to this
1: and it, there's, a, there's a bit of a learning curve but i mean it's worth it yeah like once it's you worth get just there, spending you, a few yeah, hours yeah. Like, yeah wow like it really can transform your life, and that's like yeah, no kind
0: of. I mean, Microsoft is coming up with a Notion, uh, like uh, clone. That's what they people call it now. Okay. It's called Loop. Microsoft. Okay. Loop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but like it, it seems that the Notion kind of like uh, concept is, is getting traction now around yeah. the world, and because it works. Because like like Mike said, when once you get there, to actually know how to use it. It's so powerful. It yeah. can change your, your life, actually. Yeah. Another
1: app that I use, Todoist. I don't know if you know Todoist. Todoist. Yeah. Todoist.
0: yeah. I have Todo, which is a Microsoft app. Okay. But can you tell us about Todoist? Yeah, Todoist is phenomenal.
1: I've been using it for literally six or seven years, every single day for six or seven years. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's basically just a task list, right? That's mm-hmm. really all it is. But it's on my home screen. Okay. So if I have something to do. So it's important that you don't just put, if you have something to do, and it will take literally like two minutes. You don't procrastinate and just put it on your to-do list. You should just do it straight away, right? Yeah. If it takes, I think the general rule is if it takes less than five minutes, just do it straight away. So because if if essentially a to-do list can turn into a procrastination tool. Yeah. Because you just put everything that you need to do I on think your to list. It was
0: Tony Robbins who said something about the to-do list and yeah. how sometimes they can be detrimental to your progress. Yeah. Because you want to put everything there. But then it's just, it's it's a different way of escapism, right? Yeah. So you, you, your advice is to just like put the big stuff there, right? Yeah. Well, t-
1: yeah. If you can't do it straight away. Um, but also it's on my home screen as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like a task list that you write in like on pen and paper and yeah. you can kind of forget about it or leave it at home. Like every single time I unlock my phone, it's right there. And then also it just makes you a more reliable person. Like if you ask me, if I said that I'm going to do something for you then i don't need to remember it mm-hmm. i just put it on my list and then i will definitely remember to do it
0: so w- w- when you say home screen uh, i i think you're you're talking about the uh, your iphone home screen right
1: exactly but even android like i have been on android for okay. i've got an iphone now but i've been on android for 11 years you put it has widget. the same widget yeah Yeah, the widget there and i still use it on That's my home it. screen yes
0: i have i have mine here but it's uh it's the uh it's the one from uh, to do oh, okay. which is microsoft one yeah and uh, yeah it's the same idea like yeah you get like at least like three or four of the most important tasks yeah quick glance and then you can see what you have to do
1: yeah and then another app i actually have to do two to-do lists okay. so what i realized that was happening was that i had like small jobs to do on the weekend so like get a haircut for example mm-hmm. and i don't want my that task cut to, cluttering up my work Mm to-do list right so i have my main work to-do list on my home screen and then if i swipe left i have a weekend to-do list okay so that kind of personal stuff that yeah like if i have to go i don't know to the supermarket or take Mm -hmm. my cat to the vet or something like that i would usually do it on the weekend Um, but also if i swipe left on my uh, home screen i have my google calendar here and that's been phenomenal as well and i think it's really important to have it
0: literally one swipe one swipe that, that's it's so funny that you say this because that's exactly what i have here yeah so when i swipe here it's just google calendar yeah and it's been really life changing <clears throat> especially when like sometimes like i you said you, you, you have an idea like a global view of what you have to do but you don't know the specifics of it so if you just swipe and can see it like it just puts you in the mood of production right? yeah
1: exactly it's very useful and it's not like you can forget about it because it's always there but i mean the calendar you, you become so much more reliable and it frees up mental capacity as well. Like if I have a an appointment, let's say a doctor's appointment next week, I don't need to think about it. I don't yeah. need to remember it because my, my phone will
0: remind Does me. Does it for you, right? Yeah, it will
1: remind me that morning or it will give me an alarm like one hour before mm-hmm.
0: so I don't have to remember it. Do you use any like a uh, voice assistant? I don't know. Uh, do, I don't like do, talking Don't say much. Google because it's behind you right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I've thought about it, but I don't like... Even I'd rather message someone mm-hmm. then call them then
0: call them okay. yeah
1: so I, i'd rather just like the phillips hue uh kind of system i have at my home mm-hmm. i can ha- i can have it all voice activated but i'd rather just tap on yeah
0: I'm, i've been using it like quite recently more okay. and more so i just say uh, google remind me something okay and it's very because uh, it's very um it's very powerful for me because it just gives me the notification on my phone as well right and if I- even if i don't look at my phone like the google device will just speak to me hey mm. there's a reminder you have to check yeah and uh, for me it's been working really well but okay you know, um so yeah th- 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 those are one of the tools that you use what about some stuff that uh, concer- uh, concerning like video production and i mean you're not doing it now but let's talk back when when you were starting
1: Okay, so I use Trello a lot mm-hmm. uh, to organize a lot of things. Um, I think what software that I use. So,
0: yeah, video editing software, like when yeah, you I mean, started.
1: I, yeah, so I started off with, was it? It was some software that cost me about $100, but it's just Sony like you Vegas. Have, it wasn't Sony, it was
0: something Cam. I don't oh, know. Oh, Cam, Camtasia,
1: something like that. Yeah, Camtasia, okay. I, I
0: think it's still around.
1: Yeah. I, I used that, but then I was using it for about three months and then I moved to Premiere Pro and I was mind blown by how many
0: options and how yeah. many
1: things you can do with it. And it took me so long to learn how to kind of edit just a very simple funny, video. Funny that,
0: that you said that because like uh, in in my earlier podcast with Mitchell, he's also a tech YouTuber and he said uh, like his biggest kind of like mistake or something that he learned from was uh, trying to like, his advice was like, don't uh, box yourself into a very limited software. Yeah, because then you will outgrow it very fast. Yeah. And then you, you just get stuck, right? For it's, sure. It's better to choose something that can do whatever you want to yeah. do in the future. And
1: I think there's a there's a reason why pretty much every big YouTuber uses either Premiere Pro, or yeah, or like the, the big three, the big yeah. two, the big three, because they're just so much more capable. And I think if you are looking at leveling up your game, it can be, it can, it can be a bit of a barrier because mm-hmm. it is so complicated. But we're we're living in 2021, going into 2022, and YouTube is just a phenomenal educational tool. Like anything that you need to know about Premiere Pro, you yeah. can YouTube it, and you can literally get a 10 minute tutorial going step by step on exactly how to do it. And I think that is phenomenal, it is so, and so,
0: it's and it's free as well. Yeah, it's so funny they said that. Like, I just want to ask you something interesting. Like, I just came uh, came to my mind. When did you start to switch to YouTube as a search engine instead of Google? That's that funny. That happened to me, like, I don't know, like three years ago? Yeah, exactly yeah, the right?
1: same. Maybe, yeah, about maybe three or four years ago. Yeah, like
0: I, I used to trust Google more to find tutorials and yeah. stuff, but now it just goes straight to YouTube. Yeah,
1: like it's so much easier yeah. when you have the a video showing you, mm-hmm. so you're not just reading text, right? You're, especially with video editing, with Premiere Pro, Yeah, Bob, absolutely. Um yeah, it's so much. Just, and, you can see it, like the, yeah. right yeah, and it's fast as well. Because if usually when I'm looking at tutorials or something on or teaching me how to do something, I'll put it on two times speed. Mm-hmm. So you're still learning fast. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah. And but you can th- check a lot of different tutorials in like quick. You know, I don't know, like five minutes. You can yeah. see all of them, and then wow, you, you get the that's what happened today with the podcast yeah uh, I had an issue with Logic Pro and just watched two three tutorials and I found the one that actually kind of dealt with the issue and boom we're yeah done. so
1: yeah so like we have these incredible tools we should take it like there's really no excuse to if you do want to level up your game or if you if you do find your software limitate uh limiting your your kind of production value yeah. then you know Premiere Pro is is right there or final cut
0: final cut davinci resolve uh, i mean uh, there are other uh, programs that are very basic like you said camtasia yeah um there's the other one uh, i forgot the name sony vegas whatever but yeah just try to use the software that you're comfortable with yeah and yeah go ahead. but at the, at the same time starting off with
1: these very basic software is not a bad idea because yeah. i purposely Started off with a very basic software because it was easier. Yeah. There wasn't so many options. You couldn't do, you, like, you couldn't ha- make kind of fancy effects or anything like that. Absolutely. So for basic cutting, the software that I was using worked. But I very quickly outgrew that. that. Grew, if yeah. you're trying to level up your videos, like really every YouTuber should be looking at leveling up their video. Even just 1% every single video. And if you're doing that, then you'll quickly outgrow Uh, I absolutely agree with that. And
0: my my advice would be uh, to use the same like the same uh, basic software from the same company, like going from iMovie to Final Cut would be much easier than going from like Camtasia to Final Cut because it's basically the same kind of shortcuts, the same uh, UI, Mm. and it makes it easy for the transition. Like even Premiere, they have like Premiere Rush which is like a basic version yeah. and if you want to go to the like premiere pro version it's it's much sm- smooth transition because it's the same company the same kind of design and stuff Yeah,
1: so. even when you're working with uh, after effects and premiere pro and photoshop those free software <clears throat> because they're all made by adobe mm-hmm. the the qu- if you know how to use premiere pro then it's a lot easier to then use photoshop and Absolutely, it's a lot easier yeah. to then use after effects so starting to use Premiere Pro as an example, if you start using Premiere Pro, you're actually training yourself also on Photoshop. So not only, and then when you start using Photoshop for your thumbnails and thumbnails are very, very, very important yeah. for YouTube and for people to click your videos, because at the end of the day, if you want your video to, to grow, it starts off with a click, right? Yeah. And there's only two ways that people will click your video. If they see an interesting title or, if they see an interesting thumbnail and if so you have
0: both that's it boom
1: absolutely yeah so you know spending time on your thumbnail is absolutely worth it and paint or power like, i it's funny actually <laughs> saying that just to counter counter, contradict my argument mm-hmm. there's a youtuber nate o'brien nate o'brien nate o'brien he's on a million plus subs uh, he has a finance youtube channel doing very very well okay and he still uses PowerPoint wow. of all software, PowerPoint, <laughs> to u- to edit his thumbnails. Wow. Yet he's still grown massively. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of contradicting what I'm just saying. Yeah. But for
0: 99% of us, thumbnails is very, very, very. I possible. mean, I, 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 there's another, so- like, it's like a service, but not really a software that I can swear by, it's Canva. I yeah, mean, I've been using sure, Canva. Yeah. Like, it's funny that uh, as a graphic designer by career, like, I just switched from Photoshop what? to Canva. Really? Yeah. Wow. Be- okay. Because of the speed of, of, of yeah. like, delivery and, like, especially the background remover. Yeah. It's been phenomenal for me. Okay. Like, I can do the same in Photoshop because that's what I do as a designer. But in Canva, it's just one click. Yeah. two seconds it's done it's funny because it's, I, it's even more like it's, it's perfect than what i would have done on photoshop really it's yeah. funny
1: because i went the opposite way so i started off with canva really so i told you i started off video editing with the very basic software and then i moved up to premiere pro but when i bought premiere pro so i was using canva but when i bought premiere pro i got photoshop within well, the subscription yeah. so naturally i moved from canva to photoshop and i've never really gone back really yeah
0: i mean but f- but for me it was just about the time i'm, I'm yeah. using
1: I think for most YouTubers that are starting off, Mm -hmm. Canva is a phenomenal software. And like I say, Photoshop, there's such a, a big learning curve, like there's yeah. so many things that you can do with it. It's so Absolutely. powerful, so it can be overwhelming at first. So and one of the problems with uh, people that just start off using YouTube, uh, creating YouTube videos is that they're overwhelmed with how many things there are to do. Absolutely. Right? You've got to you've got to write the script. You've got to edit. You've got these are all new skills that a lot of people and have w- to. One learn. of the things,
0: if, if I if, if I recall, like one of the things that really made me switch from Photoshop to Canva for my thumbnails was the fact that i can make it on my ipad on my iphone or my yeah. android device photoshop i can't okay because you have to use it on a laptop yeah, or yeah. like a desktop there is a there's like a mobile photoshop version but it's really limited it's it's just like a like a filter kind of app yeah so for me that was one of the reasons because sometimes i don't want to stay on my desktop to edit like a thumbnail so i'm outside or something yeah and yeah canva you can you can have it everywhere it's mm. online yeah it's really amazing and it's free isn't it I mean, it's it's free for the most the most the most useful kind of like options. Uh, the the background remover is actually in the pro version. Okay. But yeah, but for the most part, it's 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 fine for whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, the one that really sold me was the background remover. Just okay. one click. Boom! Yeah, because
1: with Photoshop, I've got a mask. Yeah, around. Mask, and then sometimes like it cuts into my Absolute. into my yeah.
0: face. Like <laughs> it's like uh, like I said, I can do the same thing on Photoshop, but it's gonna take me I don't know maybe twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, even ten minutes if I'm fast. Mm. In in Canva, it's like two seconds. Yeah, the AI is crazy. Mm. And uh, have you have you heard of Descript? i learned Which about it literally in the in the, in the, the, the middle, networking event right? yeah so i, I had I'd N- never heard about this software before. so i had neil yesterday on the podcast and he was really like raving about it yeah and uh what the more he talked about it the more it kind of made sense to me that oh this is a really incredible software so this script actually takes your script like the video script so, so first you upload a video for example they will transcribe it for you and then when you edit the the, the text on the document, it will edit the video as well in real wow. time. Yeah, which is incredible. Mm. So, yeah, that's one of those uh, kind of tools that can change people's lives. I yeah, guess. for sure. Yeah. So uh, we want to move on to something interesting, which is what are the struggles that you faced in the process of making videos? And we, I'm talking about the technical struggles because we, we're going to talk more about the psychological one after. So like any technical problems that you faced that made you, uh, I don't know, uh, almost want to give up or you had a bad day and how did you overcome them? Like yeah. for me, just to give you an example, uh, it was Premiere Pro crashing on me all the time. Oh, okay. It made me almost give up on, on my you know, YouTube journey because mm. I, so, I felt so frustrated because uh, one time I lost like one week and a half of work wow oh Boom, my goodness gone. that's yeah. a lot so I, I had like a windows crash with oh that must be crushing One and a half. it weeks. was crushing like one week and a half i'm good if i you, lose you know, like the one ki- hour yeah you know the kind of videos i like to make is like animation a lot of stuff yeah. so it took a lot of times for a lot of time for me to to really put the effort and, and make the video and then the premiere like i, I even put the saving option on premiere we yeah. can save every five minutes or something like that and and because i had like a critical crash with like ram or something like that it it just i lost the whole thing mm. boom god and that was the day i switched to final cut i pulled the plug wow yeah yeah i would pull the plug if i lost yeah. Yeah. a week I mean it, it was not it <laughs> was not the first uh, crash i mean i had crashes before but it was the final tipping point yeah, me. yeah so yeah uh, that's my example can you tell us about okay. something that
1: uh, i mean i've never really had that big of a problem with software itself um or with technical things with youtube i mean there's the there's the normal things that people go through like having to uh, kind of being overwhelmed with the software at the beginning Mm -hmm. but i mean youtube like i say is a phenomenal phenomenal educational tool and then you get past that barrier one thing that i i came across maybe a year and a half two years ago was that I felt that my so every like I say every video I'm trying to just make it one percent better one percent better one percent better but then I saw my thumbnails I looked back on my YouTube videos and I saw my thumbnails for the last maybe six months or 12 months they kind of plateaued they weren't very good in my opinion mm-hmm. and so I didn't know how to make them better and so what i did was i had to get consulting from photo editors or photo people that were better at me than at photoshop so for example i i consulted with a video uh, a graphic designer here in vietnam mm-hmm. and kind of just invested in getting help basically. And that's really important because you can't do everything yourself, Absolutely, especially when it comes to making better and better equipment, better and better videos. Because at the end of the day, if you're a one man band, there's so many things that you have to do. You can't be an expert in every, in every single area era, a- we, area. Yeah. We, we might think
0: that we can, yeah. but we can't. <laughs>
1: exactly. So that was one of the the biggest technical problems that I had. Okay. And then I, it's funny because after I invested in into it, my thumbnails, in my opinion, significantly improved quality Absolutely. um and there's a there's there's actually a i've been doing youtube for five years now but there's a problem that i'm coming up with now like there's still things that i'm not when i look at my videos i'm not happy with them i can point out that the lighting mm-hmm. is not right no, face, no creator is ever happy yeah. with their like I said, production right? the, my face is too greasy the yeah, background's the not lighting, nice why is that thing in the background Um, And so I'm still on kind of that learning curve. There's Mm -hmm. still a lot of improvements that we can make. And I I don't think that ever will maybe if you get to like mk uh,
0: marcus brownley level i mean you're uh, like look I, at i that. think marcus now is even thinking about the next step for his video yeah uh, for sure maybe another like robot his, <laughs> yeah like
1: he's filming with 8k yeah like a, a hundred thousand dollar red camera absolutely and then he, i bet when he looks his videos he still finds problems yeah it's them.
0: interesting that you said something about the 8k cameras like uh, linus from uh, ltt uh, he recently uh, returned all his uh, like 12K really, yeah, black Why? magic cameras. Basically, it was a bad uh, ROI for yeah, their business, yeah, for sure. Of course, yeah. So, the files were bigger, the files were yeah. like difficult to deal with, so they basically had to increase their storage capacity. At the same time, they had to upgrade all the you know the editors' machines. Ah, of course. Well, wow, that's expensive because he hires a lot just of people. for YouTube. Yeah. Uh, after after all, like YouTube will compress the video.
1: Yeah, and you like you don't even like the the production value increases so so. Yeah, exactly. Ti- such a tiny amount. And
0: and I I I think I've seen the recent st- stats for YouTube like more than I think more than seventy percent or eighty. I forgot watch YouTube in 1080p. I mean, yeah. 1080p is like the the kind of like yeah and now. it's interesting because it's youtube
1: just recently they or maybe six months or so they changed everyone's settings to 1080p so yeah. you if you wanted to watch videos in 4k you have to manually go to go the, into the yeah. back end of your videos in the settings and yeah. then change the setting to always play in 4K, 4k or the highest quality so youtube they want people to be watched like they'd rather have someone watching 1080p with a seamless like no buffering yeah then people watching in 4k and i think that's really kind of telling in what youtube are trying to encourage creators to do like i think in my opinion they're not really pushing people to be filming in 8k yeah right because there's no 8k
0: option absolutely
1: if there was an 8k option then absolutely you should kind of invest in 8k but there isn't and i think youtuber they're not too bothered about quality. Saying that though, if you do edit in, if you do upload in 4K, um there's a lot of kind of. I mean, the,
0: the only the only 8K video I saw on on YouTube was uh, one from Marquez. Yeah. And it was the other one from Sony HDR, kind of like those tech demos about 8K. Yeah. And basically that's it. Yeah. Because you know, who's gonna play 8K video? I mean, it yeah. takes a because, lot of bandwidth. For and us.
1: at the end of the day. Who's got an 8K monitor? Yeah. Like I've, I I've until about until about 2 or 3 months ago I was still watching YouTube with a 1080p phone. My laptop is still 1080p monitor. Yeah. So I don't even have a 2K or 4K screen. So I think, you know, if 80% of people are using 1080p then it makes sense that YouTube are not that bothered about 4K yeah, or 8K. Th- th- this is
0: a common syndrome with like tech YouTubers. Uh I mean I struggle with this like I, I got the Sony a6400 and then after buying it, like spending two months with it, I'm like, oh, 4K is too lame. I want 6K. I want the Blackmagic 6K. Mm. And that's something that we can talk about in terms of uh, how, w- for you, for example, like what is good enough? Like in terms of the the production quality, in terms of the lighting, everything that you do in your videos. What's, what's that point where you say, okay, this is good enough. I'm not going to work on it anymore. Just publish.
1: In, in the long term, I don't think anything will be good enough. And I don't yeah, think that, I, in my opinion, I don't think anyone should settle with just good enough for the
0: long term. Yeah. Because we should always be pushing our content. I'm, I'm talking about good enough in terms of like the the, the, the moment you want to publish a video. Okay. And it's 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 good. But if you're perfectionist, you might just want to say, oh, I want to redo everything again. Yeah. Or,
1: so so there's a balance there. Right? You've got kind of two sides to it. You've got people like Matt Diavella who really works, spends like 30, 40 hours just on one video. Really? And then the other side is people like Gary Vaynerchuk, who literally just records a video and then publishes it. Like no production value at all. Mm-hmm. But it's the content yeah. that, that pulls in views. Uh, for me, and this is kind of a, not really a struggle, but... Uh, Something that I've had to talk with my video editors because sometimes they'll they'll give me a video. Uh, I have a manager that uh, overlooks it now that does this process, but mm. the the video editors will give the the draft to the man to the manager, mm-hmm. and then he'll he'll literally about thirty or forty things. This needs fixing. This needs fixing. This needs fixing. This needs fixing. And then they'll send it back. And then. It, the editors will send it back again to the manager. Wow. Okay, this needs fixing. This needs fixing. This fixing, and this is going on maybe two or three times. Okay, and then after maybe the third attempt, then it c- then it's good enough to go out. Okay, so I mean, you've got to you've got to get a, a balance right
0: because like like a checklist of things that exactly must yeah be, uh, done with the video like yeah lighting quality audio exactly is okay that's it but there's no
1: video on my youtube channel that i would say i've got 300 400 videos on youtube those there's not one video that i would say that i couldn't find something wrong with it yeah absolutely. right <laughs> but you can't just because you find one small thing wrong with it you can't just kind of scrap the video yeah and then refilm the video um but what is really important in my opinion is that if there's a problem, let's say there's a problem with the focus, mm-hmm. right? Then the next video, you should absolutely fix it. Like you shouldn't have the same problem two times in
0: a row. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Like you, you, you never want to settle yeah. Yeah, and just improve. But in terms of the long term, right? Like improve from the video to the next video, yeah. right? But sometimes uh, if you want to do it for if you want to be too uh, strict or too perfect for one video it can be detrimental into the pro the pro the progress right yeah so just post it and you know yeah and for, for your first videos is always be shitty right
1: <laughs> yeah like i say my first video it took me three weeks to make just a three minute video because i really was trying to kind of aim for perfection but yeah. it's really like that three weeks is really dangerous because i could have lost motivation yeah. in that three weeks and i think a lot of people would they they when they first start a youtube video a youtube channel they make their first video they realize actually how much how hard it is yeah absolutely and then they just kind of give up so it's really important not to be kind of paralyzed by perfection which is a real problem that like you're perfectionists you say i'm suffering from it so you'll time. yeah you'll know about that yeah. uh, and me too and so you've really got to get that balance right but at the same time pushing the quality as well it's a,
0: it, like i say like uh, to be honest it's a double edged sword right it's perfectionism at the same time is is giving you this ability to always look for things to improve yeah and it, it actually works because you the, you can see it like people who are having this kind of mindset they usually improve right yeah you 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 expect that from them and the, they expect that from themselves yeah but at the same time it's also can be uh like a like a train that stops you it like yeah. just kills your progress because then you're not happy with anything and
1: yeah, and, and it's something that I've been thinking about quite a lot in the last two or three weeks is, uh, like we mentioned before, um, we've both got, or all of us have got limited resources yeah. in terms of time, in terms of money, in terms of labour, labor, we have limited resources. And so is it really worth spending an extra hour? to make that video from 88 from like
0: 98% to 100%. Yeah. Is it really worth that hour? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. What, what, what really helped me, and, and I, I'm really glad that you brought this up because uh, what really helped me, uh, especially in my last year, is, it, is the idea of the 80-20. So, principle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really put things in perspective for me. Like 20% of what you do gives you like 80% of the results. For sure. And that's what you should actually focus on. Is that on. something I mentioned to you? Sorry, is that something that I mentioned to you? Uh, no, no, I, 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 I don't think so. No, no, but it, it, it was it was way way before. Like, okay, uh, okay, okay. I think uh I forgot the name of uh I think it was a podcast on video creators. Okay. And somebody was really talking about this in terms of YouTube, especially YouTube. Is uh, that with Tim Smoyer, video? Creator. Um, uh, yeah, i um, no, no. It was a guest. I'm not I'm not sure okay, the okay, name okay. of the guest. I can look it up, but yeah, it was the idea of like s- you know, focus on the twenty percent. That you do that gives you the result and it, i think he even had some statistics that most people especially on youtube they focus on the other stuff that doesn't really make a difference yep. and that's a big deal yeah like i've made so many videos on this i think it's
1: so so powerful Yeah, your videos
0: are awesome with this by the way guys check his channel is really nice
1: yeah like i talk about the press principle so much to the point where i'm like I, <laughs> maybe i shouldn't talk about it anymore because i'm just yeah. gonna bother viewers but it's so so powerful like like I say, we all have limited resources, and the the direction that i 'm taking my businesses is, is that i 'm not looking at making just like five like I could make a blog right now mm-hmm. on Project Elon, I could make a website right, and that might increase my revenue by by maybe five percent or ten percent a month, but i'm not looking at make at increasing my revenue by five or ten percent i 'm looking at increasing my revenue by 100%, by 200%, by 500%, right? So I'm thinking, okay, with my limited resources, where can I put them to or where can I funnel them to make the best return on investment? Absolutely.
0: Um, So I I think the the way uh, Sean from uh, shout out to Sean Cannell from Think Media. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he talked about it in terms of the bridges, right? So you create the first bridge, you have to complete the bridge. And then the next step is not to create another bridge. You have to make the bridge even bigger and then bigger and then bigger. And then you can start, yeah. you know, focusing on other stuff. And,
1: and I, I think this is really important for people starting out with YouTube. Yeah, I think. Now, this might be a little bit controversial, but in my opinion, we love controversy. <laughs> one of I'm not going to say it's the most important thing, but one of the most important things when starting out a YouTube channel is earning revenue like that first income stream because you need just enough income stream to replace whatever you're doing to earn money like if you haven't exactly because when you move from when you move from working a nine-to-five and just having your youtube channel part-time like two or three hours a, a night when you earn enough revenue that you can that you can work on your YouTube channel full-time, mm-hmm. that's a massive shift. And that, that's really, like if you look at your YouTube channel like a hobby, then it's going to pay like a hobby. If you look at your YouTube channel like a like a full-time job, then it's going to pay like a full-time job. And even
0: the way you see it and the way you deal with it would exactly. be very different, right? Yeah.
1: And so it's so important that, you, that you're very smart with your resources, that you're very, very clever with your resources and you don't kind of waste too much time on projects that, are not going to increase revenue if you're not earning any revenue. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, like it can be very, very demotivating, and this is where a lot of YouTubers give up. It can be very demotivating when you're uploading videos, they're not getting any views, and it's costing you money. Yeah, because equipment, like cameras, equipment, it costs money, Absolutely. right? Absolutely,
0: time, everything that you do. But at
1: least if you're earning, let's say, five hundred dollars a month or yeah. one thousand dollars a month, you're getting that return back, and then you can either go full time or you can invest in your first video editor and that itself is is a game
0: changer it's gonna free you time to make even better videos right absolutely so uh, talking about money let's get into it right youtube and money money, right (laughs) when when can i be rich that's what people ask (laughs) so uh, let's talk about the 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 money part of youtube that a lot of uh, creators kind of Either they don't talk about, or either it's kind of like a taboo subject. Yeah. Uh, especially the big creators, like uh, they usually don't want to talk about it. So, in terms of YouTube revenue, what would be the thing that you would say to people starting now, or at least they have a small channel? Like, do ha- do they have to wait until they get one million subs to think about revenue, or ten thousand subs, or? they can do it from 500 1000 whatever it,
1: it really depends on your niche okay uh, each niche i mean uh, the gaming niche for example or the the prank the pranking like joking niche mm-hmm. it's a it pays almost nothing yeah. so you can have a million subscribers and you just can't even earn sets, a living right? from it yeah on the other hand if you have like a Uh, photography in the photography Mm -hmm. niche like Peter McKinnon for example that's an incredibly powerful niche because what you're doing there is you're attracting people that number one they're mostly wealthier than average right because to there's a barrier to entry there yeah like a bog standard DSLR is Mm -hmm. quite a bit of money so already most of his viewers are higher than average in terms of wealth right so that niche if the if the audience are wealthier then you don't need big numbers. You don't need big numbers. In terms of subscribers. Like I've got a friend who's a YouTuber. He's got a relatively small uh, YouTube channel. He's on maybe Mm 35,000 subscribers. Um, I'm on 850,000. He's earning more than uh, what my business is because his is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly uh, good niche to be in 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 terms of revenue so like if you're just making cat videos for example it's probably not gonna uh, so it depends on the niche right yeah exactly so
0: let's say that part is, is is uh figured out so you know the niche you know your your audience what other types of revenue can you have with YouTube? So, beside adsense that everybody kind of knows.
1: Okay, so if it, it again, it depends on the niche. But let's say like it's an educational uh, YouTube channel, you can make courses, and courses are phenomenal in terms of uh, return on investment. You can make a course; it can take I don't know two weeks mm-hmm. to make you 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 put it on Skillshare or Udemy, and then every single month it's earning you revenue, and that's really the best kind of revenue where you make it one time. And then for the next two or three years, every single month, it's giving you a good, good revenue, and it's scalable, yeah. right? Um, I mean, you can do consulting. I've stopped doing consulting. I used to do it during uh, lockdown, but um, consulting
0: for for YouTube or just in general? No,
1: consulting for businesses in terms of growing their YouTube channel, consulting uh, people with personal development. But it's a, uh, you get paid per hour, yeah. and I don't like the idea of getting paid per hour. I'd yeah. rather. Put my time into building something that can that is evergreen that can generate income. And also, in it's the very future. hard
0: to scale because it's depends it is, on yeah. your hours. And-
1: it is yeah. Um, in terms of courses, if you can like for me, uh, I think we've talked about this before. Where if I was completely about the money, then. The, the easiest way for me to make money right now to, to, to make my business, let's say, just an example, a million dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? The easiest way to do that is to create live cohort courses. So where I teach, let's say it starts on Jan, starts in January and I teach live to a group of students, mm-hmm. they're paying $1,000, 2000 $3,000 and then it lasts maybe one month or two months and then I do that three times a year that's the easiest way for, for my business to mm-hmm. make money but I'm but then at the same time you want to think okay in five years time in ten years time what do you want to be known for yeah and so sometimes the idea that makes the most money is not necessarily the idea that that will make you happy the long term. Moments, right? Yeah, Haven't. and I I'm quite lucky in that I'm in a position where like my rent is paid for, my bills my bills are paid for, mm-hmm. my food is paid for. I don't need to kind of worry too much about money. Yeah. So I don't have to kind of chase that. And now I'm I'm starting a second business uh, that I'm slightly more passionate about right now. Yeah. Um, which will earn nothing for probably three months, six months, um, but in the long run, I'm more happy. I'm happier doing that
0: is is that part of your personality you always like to start like new you know, like challenging engaging like projects
1: not particularly but i think like i mentioned earlier if you make the same video every every yeah. week like <laughs> a problem that a lot of youtubers have i know that thomas frank uh i don't know whether you know oh you know thomas course, frank yeah. yeah so he he's talked uh, openly about this that he's stuck in a a corner of YouTube like he's talking about personal development and productivity he can't step out of that and I'm, I'm sure I'm absolutely certain that he would like to talk about other topics yeah maybe finances well. yeah but if he makes a, let's say a finance video it's not going to get as many views uh, I'm in a similar position where if I talk about things that are not about Uh, productivity or personal Mm -hmm. development then it's not going to get as many views it's not going to earn as much money but i have to make that decision and i have made that decision that some videos i'm talking about tech like i just made a video on uh, android versus iphone it didn't get many views Mm -hmm. but i loved making the video of course so just for your own sanity i think sometimes it's good to uh
0: is the rule of like one for them one for me or like something like this
1: yeah it's something like that i know exactly what videos they want. Yeah. I know like if you look on my YouTube, I mean it's not hard to see. The videos that they like have got three hundred, four hundred thousand views. The videos that they don't like have got twenty thousand views, yeah. right? Um so I still make content like about one in every three or four videos. Maybe one in four videos is exactly what they want, right? Mm-hmm. But then the other three, like I'm just kind of playing with just like 10 sanity, right? Yeah, exactly. Because
0: yeah. the YouTube game is, is really uh is really difficult when it comes to uh you know creating content that people engage with at the same time it's something that you're really passionate about like you yeah. find that sweet spot where whatever you create it's coming from passion but at the same time is getting a lot of traction from the audience and the yeah. algorithm it's like uh, there's no magical thing to do there except to find the sweet spot, which yeah. takes a lot of time, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's also making a YouTube channel long-term is very repetitive. Mm-hmm. Like you're, this, it's the same process. You write a Because script, it's what works, you right? Film. Yeah. And the algorithm will push you into making a certain type of video and will try and corner you mm-hmm. into making that one video because they know that your audience like it. But then they will punish you in terms of not promoting your video if you make a video outside of that niche. But again, like you're making the same video for years, like you're, you're the same process, the same six step process. And it's also another reason why I'm working on taking myself out of the business and working on the business rather than in the business. Yeah. Again, for my sanity. Um, and then with that, by coming out of the business I then have more creativity because if you're if you're too focused on the YouTube channel and not really focusing on the business overall your creativity can really crash and I've I've experienced that a few times and then as a result of course my videos were not very good
0: so it's like the uh, the burnout of your creative mind absolutely right? yeah not not necessarily the process because the process can be really stream stream yeah. streamed and uh, really easy to do but yeah. you're you just don't have any more I mean, creative you know, stuff to do. for
1: me i've never had a problem with the process i love i love mm-hmm. creating videos but i have friends that are youtubers that really don't like the process of mm-hmm. making videos and then they struggle a bit for me it's more about creativity it's about making videos not if i make the videos on the same topic again and again and again every single week my creativity will crash give Absolutely. it 2 months 6 months it will crash so yeah, that's something to very much.
0: Yes, especially for me when it comes to tech, uh, you know, coverage. Like, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the trendy stuff because I know it's just, it just doesn't last, right? Mm. But I'm always interested in stuff that kind of, like, triggers your mind. Like, you know, uh, what makes Windows better than Mac or whatever? And I, I always find it kind of difficult to, ma- like, try to make a video for that. At the same time, kind of, like, Uh, get the blessing of the algorithm right yeah yeah so what's the thing that you kind of found out or your advice for people struggling with this i mean it's a it's it's a a struggle for every kind of youtuber big small whatever yeah i mean
1: i don't make trending videos at all i I think i i mentioned uh, a few days ago to you that i made a a video my only kind of trending video was when uh, jeff bezos stepped down as ceo of Amazon. And that morning when I woke up, I was like, Oh, I can make a YouTube shorts about that. And that YouTube short I I made it. And two hours later I I uploaded it. And I think now it's on about a million views. That's the only time in my whole YouTube career that I've tried to catch uh, a trending topic Mm -hmm. and I caught it. And for me, my process, the workflow of creating a YouTube video is very long. So it takes from the time that I think of an idea, to the time that that video actually gets uploaded to YouTube, it's about a month. Wow. Yeah. So, like, if I talked about a trending topic and made a script about really it, hard. it would like a month later. I would be so too really late, right? Hard. Yeah. And that's the problem that I'm having with my, or that I'm, I'm going to probably have with my second channel is mm-hmm. that I, I'm in that uh, kind of same dilemma as you, where I could kind of catch the trends. And then maybe get a shortcut in terms of the algorithm, mm-hmm. or I can make evergreen content that will continue getting views for the next year or two years. I,
0: I think, okay, I, I think for small or beginners, uh, beginner channels, I think it's it's good to jump on the trendy stuff a little bit, you know, because yeah, it's, sure. it's also part of the search, uh, you know, the, the search, uh, uh, you know, boost. So yeah. if so- something is searchable, the algorithm really loves that. And especially when you're beginning you want to want to have some kind of like positive feedback from the from the the platform so would that be an advice you give to somebody absolutely starting?
1: yeah um i i wouldn't rely on it too much, too much because yeah. it's a treadmill right if you're mm-hmm. if you make videos just on trending topics as soon as you stop your channel not going to get any views absolutely. so i think maybe something just an example one evergreen video and then one trending video maybe a mix of both yeah like all of my videos pretty much are evergreen evergreen and then i'm getting videos that i uploaded four or five years ago that are still earning money really that are still getting good good views like twenty thousand views a month some of them um so that's why i've never really and also it's my niche as well yeah if i was in uh, another like the tech niche for example i think trending topics are more
0: it's just part of the game right it is, there's a yeah. new macbook a new iphone like, yeah in like, your tech channel yeah. you have to say something about it yeah
1: right? and like there's there's so many kind of revenue there's so many uh, avenues you can go down like yeah. do you do youtube shots or do you do long-form content do you do live streams do you do podcasts do you catch trending topics do you do evergreen like there's so many ways you can take it Absolutely. and a lot of it is just what do you like doing because at the end of the day this is a, this is a long slog like youtube takes a long time it takes a lot of resources a lot of energy so as long as you enjoy doing it and if you enjoy doing trending topics then sure do trending Absolutely. topics
0: so you just mentioned shorts what's your take take on shorts
1: i've got a love hate
0: relationship with shorts really? but yeah. um, i had the same like <laughs> I, I i don't i'm not a fan of tiktok yeah so when shorts came to youtube i was like mm interesting this looks like a, like a tiktok clone to me, whatever. But since I had that, you know, video going viral in three days, uh, it was just like a small MacBook kind of like notch video and 15 seconds, whatever, and it kind of just went viral. I was like, wow, there is something, something interesting about this new format, right? Can you talk more about like shorts and your experience?
1: So firstly, I may be slightly biased because I vehemently dislike TikTok I think that it's a very destructive platform in terms of kind of yeah, yeah, influencing gold, goldfish attention exactly <laughs> like yeah. in terms of influencing young people because that's what it attracts right and kind of destroying their their focus their ability to focus on mm. one thing at a long you know over a period of time like if you if you ask someone who's been browsing TikTok for 30 minutes you ask them what did you learn they wouldn't be able to tell you because they've literally scrolled through 100, 200 videos, right? So firstly, I I don't like TikTok. Um, (laughs) But but at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself and I am using TikTok now because I want to Gary
0: V side, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like Gary Gary
1: Vaynerchuk, his home screen and he says this, his home screen is exactly like a 13 year old girl's home screen because he wants to use his phone just like a 13 year old Mm -hmm. girl would. Right. So, yeah, I'm using TikTok to learn about it because what I want to do is so my second YouTube channel is uh, talking about blockchain, like educating people about blockchain technology, about cryptocurrency, so about NFTs, that kind of thing. It's about educating. Right. So. I'm making a couple of YouTube channels and YouTube. And I'm also moving into TikTok. But what I want to do is create TikTok videos, which I don't want to necessarily do, but they're educational, right? So you're not just watching like 20 second cat videos, although it's short form. And although I don't like that content, at least it's educational, and at least people are kind of learning something from my videos. Uh, and the
0: reason you're making on TikTok just to stay on the platform for for the future, because we, not, we 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 don't know exactly where TikTok is heading. It looks promising. Is is that the reason you're putting it, or is it like you wanna you wanna convert the audience to your YouTube channel? So what what's the strategy you have with TikTok? The, sh-
1: the strategy really is return on investment. Okay. So in my opinion, it makes sense to divert some resources towards TikTok. I'm also creating a sole YouTube channel for just shorts, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's been quite a lot of research done showing that for some channels, not all channels, but for some channels, 10 minute videos and shorts on one channel, they don't go together. Yeah. So they. So I'll give you an example with my product heel on YouTube channel. I started posting YouTube shorts just to. This was about six months ago, just to to see what it's all about, and my channel blew up. I was getting views that, like, I think I was getting like two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand views over a forty-eight hour period. So one hundred fifty thousand views a day. Wow! With from the help from, the, uh, yeah, from, the, Jeff from the yeah from the from the short. Not 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 just from that one video. Oh, okay. But this was like uh like i posted maybe like four shorts that week Mm -hmm. and then it kind of blew up my channel but what i realized was that the audience that will were watching that short those shorts videos number one they weren't then watching my 10 minute videos so that's the first thing the second thing is that they they
0: might subscribe but at the same time they're not gonna watch your main content yeah they're just interested in the shorts okay
1: and the second and likewise, the people that watch my 10-minute videos, they're not that interested in the shorts. So you've got essentially two audiences. You're mm-hmm. di- you divert- dividing your audience. The second thing is that it attracted a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And from a business perspective, that's not a good idea. That's not the direction that I want to take products Elon. And so I ended up, even though they were getting a lot of views and, you know, the subscriber count was going up. Yeah. Uh, I pulled the plug with Shorts. Uh, I stopped making them maybe two, maybe three or four months ago, and now I'm having not with product Elon, but I have a with my second business. I'm having a sole YouTube Shorts channel channel because like. I think there's so much potential there. And I and after saying that, I'm kind of again going to contradict myself and say that new YouTubers should absolutely experiment with Shorts. Really? Yeah, on, on the main channel. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Just to try and get that first.
0: Because, first... because you just built in the audience, right? So there isn't exactly. like a solid audience base to even worry about them, Yeah, Not, not like any... And
1: if you if you're not getting any views on a on a on your YouTube channel and you've been kind of going for let's say, I don't know, four or five or six months, mm-hmm. you need to do something drastically different. And so YouTube Shorts could just be that thing that triggers the algorithm into picking up your channel because you it's it's a lot easier to for YouTube to promote your YouTube short than it is for a 10 minute video.
0: Absolutely. And I, mean, I I like I talked to you before like I have a gaming channel which is uh it's a hobby channel. Like I know it's a hobby channel because that's the idea. Whenever I game I just stream on it and put in some shorts sometimes. I put I I make them on my phone. Just mm. like what are going yeah. out or whatever, it's and very that, easy. And that's what I love about TikTok. Yeah, because you don't need to
1: know about video editing to create TikTok, and it's a it's a, an amazing platform for new content creators that are maybe a bit overwhelmed with YouTube because mm-hmm. there's a lot of. A higher barrier to entry with YouTube videos. Yeah, with TikTok, anyone can really make a TikTok video, right? And, and I think and YouTube, that's, that's yeah. what I like about TikTok. There, okay. There's a lot of pros and cons with TikTok, but absolutely. I do like that TikTok is attracting kind of so a you, new generation. I, I, I think of I think you're
0: you're more against the the, uh, the the type of content, not exactly the the format of the the. The, the type of
1: content first, uh, because the first time I downloaded TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was mind blown because the first video that was shown to me it was this asian girl maybe like 18 or 19 and she was just kind of like bopping just mm-hmm. literally those 15 like face s-
0: reactions and no wow. it
1: wasn't it was literally just her standing there uh-huh. just like kind of not dancing yeah, but just with her you. knees bending and it had like a hundred thousand likes and i'm like <laughs> for what what, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> you you couldn't do that on youtube but this is kind of the the mundane like kind of senseless, brainless. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. And then, it, and then like, there's a, there's a few uh, influences in, uh, in Vietnam that are kind of TikTok famous because they're pulling pranks and stuff. And these, and it's really, in my opinion, it's yes. not a very, uh, it doesn't come from a positive place. Right? Yeah. Like, because in these pranks, they're not kind of harmless pranks, but they're, there's victims to these pranks, right? These, these, the kind of victims, they don't want to be filmed, mm-hmm. but the TikToker, you know, it doesn't really give them a a a chance. It's
0: it's not because we, we don't like, like tech. We, we we sound like grandpas here, but like we we're in our late twenties. But uh, for me, it was basically because TikTok does not really provide me any value in terms of educational stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we also watch YouTube for entertainment, right? So YouTube also has entertainment, but yeah, but even entertainment on YouTube is, is, is more interesting than on TikTok because the, it's so short. The format is so short and, for um, us
1: yeah like for for our demographic sure but i mean for children for kids they don't TikTok yeah, is they, perfect know TikTok, they don't
0: know youtube maybe I don't know. yeah it's uh yeah it depends on the generation and and tiktok is interesting because uh like gary v keeps talking about it and yeah i i, I have an account on it i posted some of my shorts youtube shorts on tiktok it was the other way around people mm. actually post their tiktok on shorts yeah i did the other way so okay. i posted my youtube shorts on tiktok and didn't really get any traction and I think it because I didn't even put the effort to make it a TikTok kind of video yeah because you have to kind of make it either funny or whatever so yeah moving from TikTok uh, can you tell tell us like what would you do differently if you were to start today first I I would hire video editors like almost immediately (laughs) Uh, let's say like financially you're not able to do that so what would you do differently with the resources that you had at the time
1: okay i i would be very careful with how i picked my niche okay Um, i think a lot of people they they just start a youtube channel on what they're passionate about or what they like and that's awesome Mm -hmm. but if you're thinking about creating making it into a business it's going to be very difficult, like if you make a YouTube channel on cat videos, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to monetize that uh, YouTube channel. So if it's just a passion project, then fine. Like do, do what you want, do what makes you happy. But if you're thinking about monetizing it and, and potentially making a living from this, then you've got to be very, very careful about what topic you what topics you talk about because at the end of the day like i say youtube will probably corner you into that topic so yeah. if you're if you're if you make videos on like laptop reviews and then you're and then the algorithm picks up your channel and your audience get to know you because you make laptop reviews then if you make a phone review it's, then you're probably the yeah. yeah absolutely so you better be sure that you really like making laptop
0: video laptop reviews and and sometimes the niche can be also within a niche right like it doesn't have to be like uh, do you think do you think it it has to be like so niche down that it's so unique or it can be like, it can be part of a bigger niche, if that makes sense.
1: If, if it's a new if it's a new uh, YouTube channel, I would say you don't need to niche down so much. Yeah, like Because too hard. then is really the time to experiment. Because yeah. you can afford to experiment because you're not getting that many views. Like, it's a lot harder for me to experiment because, it, number one, it's quite risky.
0: Yeah, you already established exactly. your base and stuff.
1: And also, like, YouTube has already cornered my mm-hmm. videos into that corner. So, it's difficult to kind of... Rem- kinda um move from that. And also networking. Networking is phenomenal. For me, um in terms of if you want to kind of get your videos to the next level, move your videos to the next level, if you're struggling as a creator, there'll be a reason why you're struggling as a creator. Like I can look at a video or anyone that's been on YouTube for a fair amount of time will be able to look at your videos. Mm-hmm. And know why you 're not getting yeah. views, and know okay, this needs fixing, this needs fixing, this needs fixing, and so really getting input into kind of getting feedback on your videos because when you're when you're making videos, when you make so many videos it's like you're in this you kind of like tunnel vision, yeah, and in sometimes the bubble, exactly, bubble. and you sometimes you can't see just obvious things that you need to improve but you're not
0: improving and we, we're the worst judge when it comes to our own creations right? yeah uh, yeah we're it, so biased
1: yeah and it's it's it makes it easier when you hire a team because then you get it's not just your input but you get other people's opinion as well and that's very 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 valuable
0: yeah like that's how movies are made like it's mm. not one man show yeah right? <laughs> but youtube is, is is kind of weird because like we we're trying to make videos that they're not movies, but I mean, it's the same concept. You're, you're making a video, right? Yeah. But when you're making it by yourself, it's very tricky to find all the elements that work together. Yeah. And also, like, communities find people that are also YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Maybe collaborate with
1: people. When you find YouTubers that are maybe working on a higher level than you, you can you can kind of steal ideas from them, Absolutely, right? You yeah. can get feedback from them, and that is very very valuable. It gives you
0: also perspective about how their life is going on, yeah. And and also like in terms of the business side of it, like sponsorship. Deals exactly. And
1: stuff. Like yeah. I was at a, a we well, we were, I was at your networking event yeah, yeah. a few days ago, <laughs> and I met this Filipino YouTuber, a gamer, and he asked me how many subscribers I i had and he was mind blown he was like i didn't know that you could actually make money from youtube yeah exactly. so maybe that would kind of change his mindset and now he might be thinking of his youtube channel not just as a hobby but something that he can actually take seriously Absolutely. and make a full-time living from so, yeah. and it's the same with me like yeah. when i meet people that are, that are kind of uh, vibrating at a higher frequency than mm-hmm. me I'm mind blown. And this happens quite often. Absolutely. When I, I think that I'm thinking big, there's the Grant Cardone rule, right? Where everyone...
0: 10x everything. Yeah, everyone can
1: <laughs> 10x what, they're, what yeah. they're aiming for. And I, you know, when you think that you're aiming big, I think I'm aiming big. And then I, I meet someone that really is aiming big. Absolutely. And I'm mind blown. And then probably there's next levels after that. So they might meet someone else that's thinking even bigger. It's always going up, right? Exactly.
0: And there's something to be said about like the, 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 the real connection that you have with people. Because like... You, you can maybe listen to another YouTuber online or a YouTube video that says the same thing, but it doesn't really have the same impact Absolutely. if you meet yep. the person, like, sure. have a coffee, whatever, or, like, in a meetup yeah. like we had. It it has a different impact on you. Personally. Absolutely. It's yeah. just, like, you, it, it changes something in you. Yeah. Like,
1: so... so I, like for the last since 2013 i kind of had my uh, transition from being unmotivated to super motivated and from 2013 religiously i've been listening to people like gary vaynerchuk mm-hmm. like you know grant caddo all of these people and that's great right but looking back over the last eight years the pivots that i've made that have made massive kind of vibrations in my business all stem from meeting People face to face. Yeah. So, like, uh, when I put my face in front of the camera, it was when I met this person uh, actually in Saigon. He posted a a message in a Facebook group, an expert Facebook group, asking for a video editor because he's just started a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I messaged him. I said, I'm not going to edit your videos, but let's meet up for coffee because there's a lot more things that you need to know about YouTube than Absolutely. just and just meeting this guy. He had no input. He had no direct input on my YouTube channel, right? But he was thinking on such a high level he his ambition was like nothing that i've ever seen before he was so ambitious so dedicated so motivated and then that energy transferred to me and then that's what triggered me to put my face in the in front of the camera and then that exponentially uh grew my business revenue and grew the size of my business just happened recently right that happened two years ago wow and then i can say the same like uh just before the the big lockdown like six months ago Mm -hmm. uh i i called emailed i i saw this youtuber i was watching this person's youtube channel and i i saw his american but i saw that he was living in saigon Mm -hmm. so i was like I'll, I'll call the email, email him just see if he wants to meet up for coffee. So I said, I message him. Do you want to meet up for coffee? I love what you do. I have a YouTube channel. Maybe we can chat. He messaged me a time and a place. I was like, okay, deal. The next day we met up for coffee and we were talking about for, for about five hours. And that one, like meeting him. As a result of that, again, another massive, massive thinker. That's what resulted in me creating my uh, the another business that I'm working on now so again like just meeting that one person and it's the same in 2013 when I mentioned I I met some very successful people it's those people that triggered massive transformation a massive long-term yeah transformation because you can watch Gary Vaynerchuk you can watch these people and it's kind of short-term uh changes are very minimal changes but when you meet people face to face like people just like us like to me I watch Gary Vaynerchuk and he's like a like he's right up there. Over there, like right? Like he's not a top. he's not a normal person. Yeah. He's like some kind of god that I could never be. Yeah. But if you met these people in real life, you realize actually they're just normal people.
0: Absolutely, and and if they can do it, you can do it. And yeah. sometimes you even have different ideas from one idea, and then it, you know, translates into something else. And exactly, it's it's really really important for people to have a networking yeah. kind of like group or absolutely.
1: And it's like for me, that's I I I talk about. Uh, I've made 300 400 500 maybe videos on my YouTube channel about personal development but networking is the number one uh, kind of strategy if you really want to if you really want to kind of push yourself to the next level mm. and it's the same if you if you're like if the people listening to this are new YouTubers or new content creators whether it's Facebook Instagram TikTok whatever if if you can network with other creators and kind of get those creative juices Flowing mm-hmm. just by talking to people because that energy transfers transfers from one person to the other. um It's a massive. It's a game changer. It really. And is. and
0: don't be afraid to ask. like yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah.
1: Like I just emailed. Like I yeah. called, emailed <laughs> someone, and I changed my life. You'd be really.
0: surprised how many times people actually accept and yeah, know, they're very nice. So. Yeah. Um, w- w- want to move on to one of the last parts of this podcast, which is um any advice for people who are afraid to start today? So what would you say to them
1: I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean we've all been there like, yeah. right so when I first put my I think I mentioned when I first put my videos my face in my videos I was petrified wow. I was so scared and I remember it going live it was at 7 p.m. at night and I was watching the the, co- the comments the whole night yeah. and I, i was waiting for someone to make fun of my accent or make fun of how i look right or make fun of like the shiny grease on my face or something like that right it never happened and looking back like i was so kind of like people generally i know it's the internet right but generally people are decent
0: especially on youtube by the way yeah youtube has a very positive community yeah with all the people talk about toxicity and stuff, maybe it's more in the political stuff. Yeah, but generally for like other uh, YouTube, uh, you know, niches and stuff, I think it's it's very positive actually.
1: Yeah, like w- my YouTube channel, and also it depends on the niche as well. Like I'm in personal development, and I'm very, I'm quite inoffensive, mm-hmm. like as opposed to a YouTube channel on politics, which yeah. is obviously or some more dividing. Stuff. Exactly, but if you've got a if you're in a niche like personal development, which is quite inoffensive, Mm -hmm. literally the worst comment that I've ever had, that I've ever had on my YouTube channel, that I've read, that I've read, and I've read a lot of the comments for for years and years and years. I've read a lot of the comments. Like, I mean, thousands of comments. The worst comment that I've had is that, uh, someone said, oh, why, why are you wearing the same t-shirt in every video? Why don't you take a shower? Yeah. So, like that. literally the
0: worst comment that I've and ever he, had. He might or she might have said it in, in a very like uh, sarcastic way. Yeah. And maybe you and like, know, I'm, or... like I'm completely <laughs> fine with a comment and that's yeah. the worst comment
1: that I've had. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just we build it
0: up in our mind that it's scarier than it is. And even like if I uh, just want to add something concerning tech channels, it's a bit different from your niche. I mean, even if you get some, what looks like a negative comment, most of the time it's just like criticism, yeah. right? And sometimes it's very constructive and we don't really want to accept that. Mm. Like one of my videos like did, uh, had more dislike than I, than I saw with any other video. Mm. And it was because I was talking about why you should not buy the MacBook Air M1. Basically, I was telling people that, hey, you should be aware of some of the issues. Yeah, And the fir- first, most of the people who watched the video were people who like the MacBook, right? So they kind of posted this stuff like, oh, the this this is the best MacBook that I ever bought. You know, it's not really the the worst. Some of them were kind of more into, yeah, you, you're trying to make it sound bad, it's not bad. I'm like, but most of the comments after this, they were trying to kind of defend me against them, which is really interesting yeah. because after people start to watch the video and actually some people who actually bought the, the, the MacBook air M one, they start to have the same issues that I'm talking about. So it's kind of like, it took some time for the video to kind of like, uh, give people the, the, uh, the balance in terms of what I was talking about. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm I'm not, I'm not just trying to trash this, this product. I'm actually just giving you some yeah. uh, warnings and you have to be aware of them. Yeah. So, and I
1: think, uh, the tech, uh, the tech niche is a, you've got like very loyal windows fans yeah, right? and you've fan got very loyal big apple fans yeah, and absolutely. so you've got them completely but i would say if you're really scared about uh making content i would say start with tiktok tiktok is really right now if you compare facebook linkedin uh, instagram all of these social social media platforms youtube as well if you compare all of these TikTok is the easiest to gain organic traction, organic traction right yeah. and also you don't have to tell people like you don't have to tell often a lot of people are scared because they're scared what their friends and family would think right don't you don't have to tell them. you don't have to tell people yeah.
0: like, like, don't, don't make a PR campaign about yeah, your <laughs> YouTube channel exactly
1: and that gives you if, if no one that you know personally knows about your TikTok channel mm-hmm. then it gives you a lot more freedom to experiment. It gives you a lot more confidence. And you'll realize that as long as your topic is not like very controversial, you're probably not going to get any negative comments. Yeah.
0: And, and even if you do, like even like in the worst case, like you said, even if you do, usually when you look at it from a different lens, uh, it, you, you can turn it around. Like it happened to me with one, one comment. Like one guy was kind of like trying to trash my video about the MacBook and stuff what happened was like i i kept my cool i was very professional and i wrote uh, i replied to him in the same comment i was like hey this is the reason i i think we have a misunderstanding and this is what i think his reply was so surprising for me he said oh thank you so much for clarifying that and i respect you now you have a new sub i was like wow interesting So just just try to be positive like yeah. g- give positivity back and things will be great for you absolutely yeah yeah um so mike we're almost uh done here with the podcast so can you tell us what are your next projects and plans for the next year uh like what's your what's your big challenge for 2022
1: yeah so i have a i have quite a few youtube channels uh obviously project healing is the biggest i have a few that are on twenty thousand subscribers but i'm starting a new business so my 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 aim now is to think bigger than I am already. Mm -hmm. Think bigger than I have been over the last seven years because I'm still thinking way too small. And so I could make... So I'm making good growth with Product Elon. You know, 5%, 10%, 15% every month. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be looking at making just 10% uh, growth every month. I want to be looking at how can i make 500% growth how can i be making a 1000% growth right and so my focus for 2022 is starting or creating a second business where there's a lot of potential that can make that exponential growth so taking yeah. bigger risks but because product selling is a very is a relatively safe business in terms of it's generating cash flow every month i can just work on it once a once a day sorry, once a week mm-hmm. and it's growing nicely, right? But I don't want to just grow nicely. And so my biggest my biggest kind of change in 22 is thinking bigger, networking more. That's something that I've not been doing enough com- considering how much networking has changed my life. Absolutely. Uh, another reason why I went to the networking yeah, event the other day. A pleasure, eh? Yeah, um, and really kind of studying the metaverse studying blockchain i think that uh it's really the fact that facebook changed their name from facebook to meta really one of the biggest companies on the planet like that's how invested they are in this next web 3.0 absolutely because i think that is where things are going right exactly and so i'm really kind of studying hard on on these new technologies to keep up and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, awesome. a good year, I hope. And also also uh, expanding the team as well. Yeah. Again, it's about thinking bigger and I can't achieve what I need to achieve with a, a small team. Like just in the last couple, just in the last few weeks, we've hired four new people. Wow. And next, next year, we should continue growing that
0: absolutely do, 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 you, do you where where do you see your channel like five years from now in terms of not the channel itself but the business of the channel like do you want to create an academy for productivity and i can tell you what i
1: stuff? what i think for the for the second mm-hmm. uh, business so the second business is an educ will be an educational platform okay. it will be an educational platform for th- every all the topics about web 3.0 blockchain cryptocurrency nfts metaverse these these kind of topics because a lot of people They still don't know what these things are. And so I want to teach them. It's a very similar, I guess, a very similar business plan to Project Elon, which is something that I have experience in, obviously, because I've grown Project Elon, and so I'm kind of using that same business plan with this uh, metaverse project.
0: Absolutely. And and the last question I want to ask you is what uh, like how YouTube changed your life? Like what would happen to Mike? now if he did not start his youtube channel it's
1: kind of a little bit depressing because i worked in finance in amsterdam for two years i didn't like it like the nine to five job is not for me Mm -hmm. and so if i if i wasn't like i love i absolutely love i'm so passionate about what i do now and it's kind of sad to think that i could still be living that life of working 9 to 5, like waking up on a Monday morning and being depressed yeah, because I've had work. an amazing weekend and now I've got to go to work in the rain. It's a
0: cycle of depression. Yeah,
1: right? it's really a depressing life. And, uh, you know, I I, I do feel uh, like I genuinely feel bad for people that don't, enjoy the job because at the end of the day that's what you're doing at least eight hours a, a day right so if you don't enjoy your job then you don't enjoy your life and we yeah, only have not one really life. like
0: a problem with nine to five per se it's more like the job is not for you yeah
1: right? exactly well the nine to five as well like i love my freedom i love mm-hmm. the freedom that my business kind of gives me i love that i can live in vietnam yeah i love that i can you know do this podcast on a you know a wednesday afternoon absolutely. if i want yeah. so i don't have to i don't have to ask my manager yeah, I if i can take some time off work right
0: and and it doesn't mean that youtube doesn't require higher uh, like uh, hard work because sometimes you work more than nine to five absolutely Even way and
1: like, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because i work many 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 more hours you, than i do the a the nine to five stuff. yeah i'm always working now but it's funny because doesn't feel like work because i get it's on your own terms exactly right? like i can do what i want when i want and i can i get the same level of enjoyment as working as i do from hanging out with friends Nice. right so i don't have to have uh, like saturday or sunday off because it wouldn't make me happier if mm. i did have saturday and sunday off um and i think that's a beautiful place to be if you yeah. can find that thing that you're so passionate about
0: That it can it can actually pay the bills it can give you uh you know financial freedom but at the same time if you you, wake up excited right
1: absolutely if you can get to a place where number one you're so passionate about your job number two it's earning you enough money to pay your bills so you don't have to worry too much about money Mm -hmm. and number three you can have a, a positive impact on the people around you and preferably at scale that's a phenomenal phenomenal
0: place to be and that's uh that's the the goal of being a YouTuber right, is yeah. to get there and you have to have the right strategies, the right mindset. Yeah, and...
1: you've got to be clever about it and Absolutely. not waste your resources. Yeah,
0: it's it's not it's not guaranteed that just creating a YouTube channel you're gonna become uh, like financially independent or get a business from it. Yeah. But if you do the right steps, like there's nothing to stop you.
1: Absolutely. And see it as a business, not just a YouTube. if you do want to if you do want to turn it into a business, then from day one you should be seeing it as a business. <laughs>
0: So that was part one of our conversation with Mike. Stay tuned for part two, where we discuss the business of YouTube, building a team and how to manage it, as well as different parts of monetization that a lot of people are not aware of when it comes to building a YouTube channel. So thank you for listening and see you in the next episode.